somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. And yet to come this hour on That Kevin Show, they are trying to keep your youth from being stolen. Carol Markowitz and Bethany Mandel. A little bit later, he had the number one Super Bowl commercial this year, Brad Hill. And back to the spotlight stage, Kristen Getty and Sky Peterson. And now, from Times Square, Home of the 300-pound, barfing, beer-bellied leprechaun, not named St. Patrick. Here is that Kevin. Of all the awesome things that we do in celebrating St. Patrick's Day, and that's what announcer guy Dave came up with, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Good grief. Uh, yeah, St. Patrick's Day is this uh, upcoming week, and it's going to be—it's uh, going to be, you know, quite the thing. You, you, we go from SantaCon in the uh, in the Christmas cycle, where you've got uh, Santa's partying and getting drunk and going all over the city, to uh, everyone being Irish for a day and doing the same thing. Uh, anyway, welcome. It's Kevin McCullough. Glad you're with us. Hour number two. If you missed anything in hour number one, you know the podcast is always available for you. So please go back and get it. Very thankful to have Arthur Idala with us and uh, love the music of Kristen Getty and Sky Peterson. We've got more of that on the way this hour as well. Now, uh, this you, you, you may have noticed that, um, that we, we live in a very interesting age. Uh, there are there are people that are very upset about certain things, and I mean I mean ragey. Uh, when when you're talking about whether or not you can use someone's pronouns or not, depending on who you're talking to, you're going to get an eye an eyeful, maybe a fistful of reasons why you should see it their way. But it's very it's not very often that people will resort to actual violence. At least I I hope it's not. It's it's not been my experience, although. I will say this week in New York it proved to be very interesting. First of all, uh, we had this amazing couple of nights where the uh, the bride and I were able to uh, go and be with uh, friends and uh, see some some really amazing stuff. Uh, and I want to I want to kind of like highlight some of the uh, some of the good stuff that a couple of our uh, friends have have done this week. Uh, the Independent Women's Forum and Kelsey Bowler, who is on my show weekly. Uh, talking about issues that uh, moms care about for sure. And that even as she was um, a young, single, you know, conservative woman just a few years ago, she she was already thinking about. Uh, but she has put together this, this documentary called Identity Crisis and the uh, kind of crisis of gender ideology in the schools and what that's doing to kids that would never even be questioning what their gender is it's kind of a ridiculous thing to question, actually, because your anatomy tells you what you are. There's nothing you can do to change your DNA. Uh, if you if you are born with male parts, you're going to be a male until you die. 
you can take all the hormones you want. You can have all the surgeries you want. You get hit by a bus, and you, they, they come and scrape up your body off the off the off the road. You, they're going to show you that you, your DNA is still going to register as male. It's never going to change. So that fully can't ever be changed. Your sex determines uh, what you are. Um, similarly, uh, th- now we've got these um, these this big push by the government pushing down, saying if if a kid questions his sex that you should only affirm whatever the questioning leads them to, which is kind of, I don't know, ridiculous. And so the night after Independent Women's Forum came to New York City and d- demonstrated their documentary, um, they the uh, two best-selling authors, Carol Markowitz and Bethany Mandel, came the next night to uh, uh, sign their books. And in the middle of their presentation, as they are, uh, as they are there welcoming people to uh, come and uh, see their uh, their book and and just congratulate them on the on the good job done of of writing this and it's a book that's all about CRT and we're going to get into it here in just a couple of segments. Uh, the 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 there there were people that got wind that the party was going down. They came, they saw the poster, they googled the name of the book, they decided to protest. And in Michael Scott, classic office fashion, they threw a glass against the wall that did not break. They were trying to express how upset they were, and yet they could not even break a glass as they were trying to uh, to express that degree of upsetness. Which really, at the end of the day, you just have to say is just plain hilarious. Now, in addition to this, this week on The View, another woman supposedly speaking on behalf of women, for the good of women, for the good of women's children, etc., Jane Fonda came up with a different solution for people that oppose her viewpoints on certain issues. We have experienced many decades now of having agency over our body, of being able to determine when and how many children to have. We know what that feels like. We know what that's done for our lives. We're not going back. I don't care what the laws are. We're not going back. That's Jane speaking, yeah. and, and, and and she probably will get a Nobel Prize. But it's the truth. Very, very soon. It, it is the truth. But we're I, not going to do it. Besides, besides marching and, and protesting, what else do you suggest? Well, well it doesn't happen murder. overnight. It's not a miraculous. <laughs> what did you say? Murder. <laughs> She's kidding. Wait a second. She's just now, kidding. Don't say that. That's oh, not... you don't know. They'll pick up on that and yeah, just run that's with it. Worst. She's joking. just kidding. It's Well, let me talk to you about I mean, I... Jane Fonda, the activist, the actress, the, I don't know, icon, whenever she was, suggesting murder for people that disagree with her on the issue of whether or not abortion should be legal. Now, she's talking about agency of her own body. First of all, the woman's 165 years old. When is she going to even need an abortion uh, from here on out? Her, her three children are, prob- are too old to need them anymore. They're all in their 50s and 60s. At the end of the day, uh, this issue is going to be determined by people that are living and currently in need of what they're talking about now. And you know what the women of today want? Do you, who do you think drove the pro-life message that got to the Supreme Court that eventually saw Roe v. Wade overturned? And, oh, by the way, the decision to provide abortions legally just only reverted back to the states. It didn't ban anything. It didn't turn anybody down. 
uh, et cetera, et cetera. It simply went back to the states. Who do you think drove that? Who do you think populates the March for Life every year? Hundreds of thousands of people showing up. What do you think about 65 to 70% of that crowd is? Women. Women do not, in large majority, want to kill their babies. That's not, that's not how they think about this. And they don't want to see their kids sexualized in school. They don't want to see them transitioned. They, they, they will hold their hand and help them in the detransitioning, but they don't want CRT and uh, this uh, gender ideology and lockdowns and masks and all the rest of it taking over their kids' lives. And that's what these really admirable women, Carol Markowitz, Bethany Mandel, Kelsey Bowler, the Independent Women's Forum, that's what they were all in New York talking about this week. And I couldn't have been more proud than to understand and to realize we have these uh, really talented ladies on my shows all the time. And they are fighting. They are fighting for their family. They are fighting for their children. They are fighting for your children. They are fighting for the next generation to be able to have their children and have them in a healthy, loving environment that isn't going to try to destroy them. Most significantly by trying to uh, turn them against you. Their, their loving parent. Jane Fonda may think, oh, murder is the way to handle the people we disagree with. I'm kind of not of that opinion. I'm kind of of the opinion that we need to probably show more compassion and less rigidity when it comes to uh, your way of thinking. And right now, all of the rigidity is on the side of the gender ideology. It's all on the side of the pro-murder, pro pro-choice, pro-abortion side. None of it, none of it, none of the compassion is being heard from that side. Anyway, uh, we've got a big show. Speaking of CRT, gender ideology, Carol Markowitz, Bethany Mandel, join me next. guests are no strangers to those of you who listen to Kevin McCullough Radio. In fact, for the last number of years, both have appeared on nearly a weekly basis, one on Tuesday, one on Friday, but tonight, we got them both together. It was an act of God, nature and everything else. You could Maybe the, the Avengers as well. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for my very special friends, Bethany Mandel and Carol Markowitz. Yeah. 
Ladies, it is wonderful to see you. Thank you. God, I feel like we had to claw our way onto this show. <laughs> really. <laughs> it shouldn't have been as hard as it yeah. was, but we'll just we'll just leave that for another time. Uh, hey, listen, I, my bride and I had a chance to be with you just a couple of nights ago in New York. I know you've got launch parties going on everywhere. We've been talking about this book, Carol, since before Bethany started coming on my show on a regular basis. You and I were yeah. talking about this mm -hmm. book. Um, it's finally here. Uh, but for those that haven't heard anything about it, why did the why did two moms, as I wrote about in my column this last week, why did two moms who were busy raising, you know, bazillion kids decide to sit down and and title a work called Stolen Youth and take on these very difficult subjects? We just felt like we had all this free time and like, what, you know, what were we going to do with it? So <laughs> we why decided not, really? to write a book. <laughs> Go ahead, Bethany. Well, yeah, I mean, we just sort of, I, again, free time. I, you know, <laughs> I've had two babies in the last year and a half, and I was like, well, I don't sleep anyway, so I might as well. Um, but the, I mean, the real answer was, you know, we're both columnists. That's the that's our bread and butter, and there's so much content out there churning cons consistently about this sort of woke assault on childhood. I just got a text message from one of my girlfriends and I sent Carol a screenshot that her daughter today in the car said, I want to order a chest binder and have a conversation about top surgery. Her daughter's in early middle school and the mom is panicked. And she said, do you have resources? This is where I, I mean, I, I know where she lives, but she said, you know, this is where I'm, this is where I'm sort of looking for a like-minded provider who will talk to my child about the mental health struggles that she's facing in the wake of, you know, her school was closed for a year and a half and she's never quite emotionally recovered from that. And she's sort of superimposed all of those mental health issues onto this gender stuff. And her school librarian has been handing her books that the mother is horrified by. Of course. The, the school social worker is doing the same. And we were getting these stories all the time. And we just said like, there's got to be something more than just writing a column. And obviously, we're never going to stop writing columns because there's going to be never-ending churn of material out there. But we wanted to do a deeper dive because all of these individual stories are linked. This is part of an experiment that the left is running on our children to remake our society. And uh, it's terrifying. And they're using our kids as guinea pigs. And um, there's a lot of kids like my friend's daughter who will be so much worse for the wear. Um, you know, when we were kids, the way that girls sort of worked their way through the emotional upheaval of teenagedom, the worst it got was anorexia, bulimia, and cutting, which is horrible. And we treated it like the mental health crisis it was. Now we're saying, well, you know, maybe you're a different gender. And instead of treating that mental health crisis as a crisis, we're, we're validating it. And in so doing, we're maiming them in countless ways, emotionally, physically, and with hormones. And I mean, it's going to take 10, 15 years to find out what happens. But in the meantime, we will have scarred an entire generation of children. This, what you've just identified, has been a trait of the modern left since at least the Obama era, where they use government to institute experimentation into whatever their imagination comes up with. And in the Obama years, they really did it heavily in the military. 
But under Joe Biden, this has moved center stage right into public education. And Carol, you and I have been talking uh, about it at least that long. But the, the real sinister thing about this is that they don't just want parents to not have knowledge or permission. They don't want parents to have authority or custody of their child's choices. And right. they, don't, they don't want the parents basically in any way to dispute whatever it is that they are shoveling out of their latest wacko idea factory. That's it. Yeah. And you have, you have, you have been talking about this for a long time. How much worse has it gotten in just the last two years? I think COVID really brought it to a head where it's happening just at a, at a much more widespread level than it had been before. Um, as you know, I was born in the Soviet union. So for me, what, when I realized that, it all felt very like the stories my family would share about the Soviet Union um, and about severing the ties of the family that have happened in totalitarian societies throughout history. All of that seemed very familiar to me. And suddenly I saw that that was like the common thread of this leftism. Um, the example that I often give is, you know, what's the difference between like the old liberals who would indoctrinate college students, for example, uh, versus the new woke. And what I, you know, what I'll say is the old liberalism is a woman's studies degree. The new woke is a woman's studies degree, but doesn't know what a woman is. And it's all very, um, it, it's, all very forced conformity where you must believe what they are telling you or you really risk some things. I mean, th this mom who was fighting for her child, it, you know, she might lose a lot of her social standing in her, in her social group. It, it's very possible. She might have people target her at her job if, if it comes out that she's not affirming her gender, you know, bending child. And the, the fact is that all of this is so scary that so many people end up not speaking out or, or not standing up even for their own kids. And right. that's really what Bethany and I want to explain to people, that nobody's coming to save your kids. It has to be you. The book is called Stolen Youth, and uh, you can see it on the screen. I, I want to make sure that everyone knows you need to go get a copy of this, one for yourself and three or four for moms and, and families and people that are in your circle to give uh, to give them a copy when they come to you and ask you, as Bethany's friend did to her, do you have any resources? The the amount of information we are getting on how this is happening and going down is there's plenty out there. It's like a waterfall. It just never stops coming. There's so much information. And there's information out there about how bad it is. Mm -hmm. The unique factor in the last couple of years is that it is actually getting worse. As parents are getting involved, some of this has not lessened at all. And in fact, in, in just the last couple of years, Kelsey Bowler, who works at the Independent Women's Forum, has been tracking this very carefully, says even with all the, the, the negative attention that has been drawn to it, even with Europe shutting down some of their transitioning clinics, the American political machine that is the, the, the far left, the Democratic Party, the White House, that whole group has said, no, we're doubling down. We're going harder. We're going we're gonna to invest more energy into this, and we're going to make people feel worse if they, if they don't abide by it. That's why, friend, you need to buy the book. Stolen Youth, go get it. Carol Markowitz, Bethany Mandel, the authors. And um, if just as another resource for them, if you would like to get a copy of this podcast, this conversation, that might be a great way 
to start the conversation with people that you know, because Bethany, you're not the only one who has a friend who's asking those questions. And that's the problem. It is not going away anytime soon. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, um, what are simple steps that you're encouraging people to do on that Kevin show? Stay here. Ready or not, we'll be right back. That Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. And we're back from New York. A little bit of a somber and serious uh, couple of segments here with my very good friends, most esteemed uh, ladies. I, I have such deep respect, profound respect for both of them, uh, because as I mentioned in this last week on Town Hall, I, I wrote about the ferocity of moms that are getting involved in this issue. And that's where I want to start this conversation, Carol. The The fact that that women who won't even consider voting for a Republican on many other uh, levels, mm -hmm. even they are looking at their school districts and saying, this is out of control. Bethany told the story of a mom that reached out to her, right. but you've got, you've, you've created anxiety in a sect, in a, in a, a sector of the electorate that I don't think the left anticipated pushing back to the degree that they have. Absolutely. How important are the moms in this fight? And what are some things that you're noticing that moms are doing to take control of the situation? I think you're right that the left had no idea the can of worms they were opening. And I don't think that Republicans are capitalizing on it enough. I think a few of them are. Ron DeSantis, a, a handful of others are, are making this, you know, a, a right. campaign issue, but not all of them for sure. Right. We don't have that many Ron DeSantis's and it's uh, it's an issue because I think that this is not a controversial topic. Um, I, I, I know it seems controversial, like, oh, you know, the, the woke have control of so many institutions and they're so loud. Um, and so it seems like what we're saying is controversial, the things like, you know, um, not cutting the kids uh, away from the parents, not turning the kids into child soldiers, not um, just all of the things that we talk about in the book that are being done to children, not sexualizing young children, none of that, right? So it seems like maybe it's a, these are controversial topics, but they're not. These are like 80-20 issues, if not 85 and 90, you know, 15-10. Um, wokeism is very unpopular, and that's why it's implemented through force. They do it the way that they do it, because if they told you like, hey, we're introducing porn in the school libraries, nobody would want that. And so what they have to do is get those books in and then you have to fight to get them out. So I think that Republicans should really understand that this is a layup for them. The, the issues like this do not come along that often. It, it's like, this is what they should do. They should fight for the children. And, you know, we saw during COVID that some Republicans fought to open schools and some of them sat back. And that's yeah. exact same thing is happening now. I want to ask both of you to respond to this, but I'll start with Bethany. Um, you and I have talked about on my show, the contention that I have that the left don't like children. They seek to use them as pawns. They will kill them if necessary to get their agenda done. And I'm talking in the womb all the way through uh, cutting off perfectly healthy breast uh, tissue and other things in kids that are too young to make the decision and to keep it hidden from their mom and dad. Um, why aren't people speaking 
uh, without fear, like your friend saying to your daughter, uh, to saying to her daughter, baby girl, that's, that's just not healthy for you. And we're just not going to do that. So, I mean, I think that people are speaking up to their individual children, but people are, are cowed into silence. And that, I mean, a lot of what Carol was talking about, how they implement this by force is true. And if you look at it sort of on a micro level, you have parents who are told by the experts, experts that you have to listen to, if you don't allow your child to transition, they will kill themselves. And there is not good data on transition or suicide. It's quite the opposite. Uh, it turns out it's indicative of mental illness. And if your child has all of these gender identity issues, they have other mental health issues. So you can't really and oh, really by the way, suicide numbers on people that do transition, let's not talk about okay. that either. Yeah. Right. Right. So the experts are telling individual scared parents that they have to go along or else. And I spoke to a lot of parents who were put in this position. And even, I mean, my girlfriend, who I talked about earlier in the segment, she cannot find a mental health provider mm -hmm. who will help her because the professional organizations of all of these therapists, every, psychiatry, you name it, all of them force their uh, their members to abide by a code of conduct. And the code of conduct says you have to go along with this. You have to be gender affirming. Uh, it's the same with pediatricians. And so she can't go to her pediatrician either. And so parents are literally backed up against the wall um, by all of these woke professional associations. And it's very hard to find someone who will actually treat your child for what's going on with them. And so on a macro level, people are seeing what the media is doing to DeSantis, and he has had to absolutely wrap himself in Teflon. That's it. She's Bethany Mandel. She's Carol Markowitz. Kevin McCullough, glad to have both of you ladies with us tonight. This went way too fast. Good luck on the rest of the book launch. Thank you so much, Please Kevin. come back. We have many Definitely. more important things to talk about. But uh, also check out Carol. She's usually with me on Tuesdays. Bethany is often with me on Fridays on Kevin McCullough Radio. You can get the podcasts uh, anywhere you get uh, podcasts. Ladies, have a great night. Ready or not, you'll be right back. Kevin McCullough. Now, back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. All right, my next guest has been making an impact in very subtle ways in recent days. In fact, if you were watching the NFL playoffs and into the Super Bowl, you saw some of the handiwork of what his organization has done. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and make welcome Brad Hill. <laughs> Brad, hey. good to have you. Thanks for being here. Oh, great to be with you. Um, what is glue? People are immediately going to want to know what does G L double O stand for? Thanks for spelling it. Yeah, we're not good at spelling, so we, we <laughs> somehow got the got the word right, but the spelling wrong. We, glue's job, and he gets us. We serve churches and ministries all over the place, and this is one of the projects we're most excited about. We connect things. We connect people to churches. We connect churches to content, and throughout this, he gets us project. There's a lot of connecting taking place. So if you ever maybe did a live chat on our website or texted for prayer or wanted to get to a local church. That was 
the glue team helping you do that. Oh, that's interesting. Well, uh, yeah, let's get right into the He Gets Us, because these were these were magnificent ads that really kind of took an edgy approach to even current kind of fundamental controversies and then just sideswiped you with uh, a, a slab of truth just coming out of the middle of nowhere. Um, the concept behind them, genius, what's been the impact of them so far? Yeah, you know, it's a very common story. We said, we, we heard people say, I was watching these ads and it really got me. I had no idea I was watching a Jesus ad till the very end. Um, and so that was a little bit on purpose, right? We we want people to take notice very simply of what we would say is this radical confounding love that Jesus displayed in the way he lived, the way he taught his example. And we also want people to kind of rediscover that this person, Jesus, he relates to us like today. He's not irrelevant. He's not outdated. The, the experiences we have really uh, map exactly to, to the way he led. And so at the Super Bowl, as you saw, Kevin, we we explored two subjects. One, one was called Be Childlike. Uh, the other simply said, Love Your Enemies. And we're really sort of exploring two sides of how it is we approach disagreement in our culture today. And we think that's a message most people can relate to. Has there been any pushback? I remember one of them during the the, the playoff games, actually, prior to the Super Bowl, um, in, uh, dealt with a, a story of migrants, and there was uh, there was uh, a an idea that um, you were de you were talking about like Central American people, and then all of a sudden uh, it was Mary Joseph and Jesus that were the kind of ultimate uh, end of the sentence there. But um, what's been the response to the relatability of like I said, the current crises and controversies that we are living through right now. Right. Well, it's surprising when you read through the scriptures and and really take an objective look at Jesus and you then re retell that in a modern way, it can raise eyebrows sometimes. It can yeah. draw attention. So we've explored subjects like Jesus got angry, Jesus wept, Jesus was born to a teen mom. And then the one you're referring to, Jesus was a refugee. And you look at the definition, he and his family were forced to relocate because of oppression in their land. And so um, that ad and many others are really just looking at thin slices of who Jesus was. And um, each ad is probably speaking to someone different, you know, someone where maybe that's been your experience or it's been in your family. So those are the stories we get in is like, you got me. Like, I, I had never seen this side of Jesus before. Yeah. Um, I'm curious obviously you you're wanting to be effective in placing the ads and I'm sure putting them in the Super Bowl was no inexpensive venture um what how are you measuring success in terms of their impact uh, are are you seeing people uh, respond and contact the website ask for prayer what's what's been the metric of measurement well yeah we weren't there selling chips or electric vehicles <laughs> or beer right so um, we were really just trying, Kevin, to start a conversation. And so what we're excited by is the He Gets Us ads in the Super Bowl have been ranked by a number of organizations as the most talked about ads this year in the Super wow. Bowl. Wow. So no small uh, feet. starting a conversation, we feel like, okay, mission accomplished. America's talking about Jesus. A um, couple other things we're really excited by, though. <clears throat> um, through the ads, you go to a website. So we did see traffic spike. We did see lots of activity. But we saw a lot of people making commitments to do things, small little gestures of confounding love. Like the number one thing people want to do is forgive. 
I've personally talked to folks who said this this ad has opened up a a, a gap that's been in my family for 20 wow. years. We're talking. Wow. Um, we've got people who have just felt led to pay off someone's medical debt or love an enemy, love a rival, those kinds of activities. So I don't know how you put a price tag always on individual acts, but we're seeing a lot of evidence that these messages are causing people to just look inside their lives, look inside themselves. You know, scripture tells us always be ready to, to give an answer for the hope that you have and do so with gentleness and respect. So we hope that that gets lived out and we're seeing a lot of evidence that people are doing it in, in big numbers. I'm sure that there's more that you would like to accomplish. How can people that are viewing or listening uh, become part of the He Gets Us team? Sure. Well, we have, um, of course, all the ads go to hegetsus.com. And on that website, you can read and watch everything we're doing. We'll have lots more to come. Lots of people doing Bible reading plans, by the way. Uh, that's been one of our top hmm. activities, which we're really encouraged by. People are going to the source text, basically. Um, if you are if you consider yourself a Jesus follower or Jesus fan, uh, we set up a special community where we want to keep you informed and ask you to pray with us, etc. You can send a simple text. So if you send the words, he gets us to 70193, promise we won't sell you anything, but we just want to keep you in the loop. So that that option is there for somebody who says, I'm on the journey with Jesus already, but everybody's invited to come to hegetsus.com as well. Send the text to he gets us at 7. 70193. 70193. 70193. Text the words, he gets us, all one word, uh, and you can uh, join the team, so to speak, at hegetsus.com. Uh, Brad Hill, uh, congratulations on all the success, and please keep us posted on how we can be of uh, greater help uh, going forward. We'd be glad to. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate you it. got it. Uh, coming right back on That Kevin Show. Don't go away. Ready or not? He'll be right back. That Kevin. Serving it up with a no-drink minimum. It's that Kevin Show. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, Kristen Getty and Sky Peterson. When a nation's raging death is at the door. When the wars are waged as they have been before.
the shadows fall, we'll see the lights of hope. And then all our prayers and troubles will be stories of the Get uh, Kristen and Sky's uh, duets available at Spotify, also Apple Music. And thank you for being with us. It is that Kevin show for uh, March 11th, uh, the weekend of March 11th, and we'll be back next week. I hope you'll join us.